Hello, I'm Eve, the host of Die Happy Tonight. Welcome to my podcast. Eve's job features true stories from the bold women that frequent our events in New York City and around the world. Enjoy. I worked in a dungeon. I won't say the name. It's very popular. There's a documentary about it that you can watch, this particular dungeon. What is the name of the documentary? I don't remember. But um, yeah, my experience working in the dungeon was crazy. I, I kid you not, maybe I should, I think it's like very illegal, so maybe I shouldn't say like what I did in the dungeon. When I first started working in the dungeon, I definitely was already more of a dom, like in terms of like my personality and my sexual desires and things like that, but I had never been with a truly submissive man, and it was fascinating, the things that some of these guys were into. Like I had this one um, sub who, wanted me to give him an alcohol enema, which is, do you know what that is? Yeah. That's really intense. I took care of him, you know, that can be dangerous. Well, you know what an enema is? This isn't hot. <laughs> it's like, it's something that like makes you shit. But if you do it, if you do it with alcohol, it gets you like super intoxicated. So it's like, it cleans you out and then you're wasted. Alcohol enema. It's a really weird thing. Um, so he wanted me to do that. And then, because it took him getting so drunk to be able to really share with me like what his true desires were. And so finally, when I got him drunk, he started telling me about how he's so obsessed with his mother-in-law's feet. And he had a binder with him that was full of pictures of his mother-in-law's feet. And he wanted me to tell him what a disgusting boy he was and how he just needs to suck on her toes and he's the scum of the earth and he deserves nothing more than to suck on his mother-in-law's feet. He doesn't even deserve his wife's feet. He needs to suck on his mother-in-law's feet. <laughs> Got kind of an innocent vibe, but I'm into some freaky shit. Oh, I had, I had the best time in this dungeon. I actually, when I was working in the dungeon, a good friend of mine came in with her boyfriend and it was really fun because I knew them both in their everyday life and I was aware of their kind of dynamic. They were in a you know, very loving relationship, um, but I kind of wanted to fuck with their dynamic a little bit. So I made the girlfriend the dom and I made the boyfriend the sub and so together the girlfriend and I like double femdommed her boyfriend and we tied him up and we whacked his butt with, um, what did we use? Like a, like a pointer? Like, cause we were kind of like in a classroom setting. So we gave him lots of spankings with, with a pointer. And we made him wear a dunce cap and had him answering questions that we knew that he would get wrong so we could punish him. <laughs> he took it, he took it like a champ. I did have, when I was in the dungeon, I did have one customer who wanted a golden shower. And that was fascinating. I have never met a person in my life who wanted to be pissed on. Like, that is like... Well, I guess like, you know, you can, people can like piss on each other in the shower or something like that. It's like kind of silly <laughs> and weird. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever had a boyfriend who like peed on you in the shower? <laughs> I have pegged many a men. 
<laughs> I think I have I have a theory. Any man that refuses to be pegged is no. We'll forget this theory. I'm just gonna say I think a man who has never been pegged is is sorely missing out. Because that's where the man's G-spot is. That's like, that's a pleasure spot. You know, can I at least get a pinky up there? <laughs> maybe I'm sharing, maybe I'm sharing too much now. Because they'll know. <laughs> Anyone, if they ever see this, like they'll know I was talking about them and then they'll feel bad toward me. For like exposing them. Although it's all, it's, this is like pretty anonymous. Well, I will say, working at a place, like, the thing that I love the most about working at Die Happy is that there's so many gorgeous girls, and I love, like, like when I'm giving a dance to a customer, I love watching the other girls. Like, that totally, like, gets me super excited, and, like, it's in it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've been dancing for about six years, and... I will say that, you know, in the very beginning of my dancing career, like, it was so liberating, like, completely liberating, because I truly, like, I had such bad body dysmorphia that, like, I thought that I was a hideous monster. And so when I came to dancing, like, got the courage to, like, come dance, I was so surprised because customers were like, oh my god, you're gorgeous, you're beautiful, blah, blah, blah. I had, I had no idea. I had no idea. So that was like major for me and I rode that wave for a while. And then, you know, after a couple of years, I started having like mental health issues, like directly tied to this job for multiple reasons. One of which is because there's a, there's a real ethical dilemma. You know, there's a lot of customers here that have wives, that have kids, that have partners. And we have to wonder, you know, why are they here? What are they looking for? Like, I don't want to encroach on their lives, you know. I don't I don't want to be taking food out their baby's mouth, you know. Um, so so there's that there's that ethical dilemma, but then there's also, you know, you have to kind of learn and understand boundaries and like sometimes there's customers who are very aggressive who are trying to do like fucked up shit like stick their hands in your pants or like stick their fingers in your mouth or like all kinds of crazy shit suck on your nipples stuff that like we're not supposed to do doesn't make us feel good doesn't make us comfortable a lot of us have like lives we have partners we have people that we're going home to and you know after being like touched in all of these very personal and intimate ways over and over again night after night like it can take a toll on you because trauma lives in the body so sometimes it's like reminds your body about traumas from the past and so it kind of can bring up a lot of shit so i would say about midway through my career i had to take um midway through my dancing i had to i had to take a break for mental health reasons but it was a blessing in disguise because it was in that moment that I realized that I wanted to work in the mental health sector. Like I wanted to become a psychotherapist. I wanted to help people with PTSD. I wanted to help other dancers, all kinds of things. In part because when I started going to therapy, I had an amazing therapist who didn't judge me for dancing, who totally understood like why I do this job, why I'm attracted to it, despite maybe some of the negative aspects of it. And she really helped me get to a place where I could come back to it. She helped me stay alpha and like stay on top of it and I and I love that. I think that's so cool. So I want to be able to do that for people. But so then I come
come back to dance and I've worked through a lot of these things like I've worked through a lot of, like the ethical dilemma which I don't really experience anymore because every person is making a choice for themselves you know every customer that comes in here has a different situation you know some of them some of them bring their wives some of them have a kind of agreement they're more in a partnership than they are in a relationship for love some of them are just doing something totally personal that's for themselves and not for their families and for their wives who they work super hard for all the time and so I have more of like a compassion and an interest and an understanding like in their lives and well, okay, so I stopped feeling like the old sweater in part because I read this amazing book by Esther Perel, who is a relationship therapist. She's based in New York. And she wrote this book called uh, State of Affairs, Rethinking Infidelity. And it's all case studies about relationships and about infidelity and about the crisis of infidelity and how couples got, got through it and how a lot of these couples, they stay together. It's like, it's a very complicated issue. Um, but what I learned was that novelty is there. It, it is always going to exist. You cannot escape it. It's not going away. So all you can do is accept it and trust. And trust is not a given. Trust, it's like, it's a leap of faith. It's terrifying. But that's what you have to do if you don't want to like live a miserable life with unhealthy relationships, like dealing with like mad insecurity and all that. It's a choice. It's a choice. Like a lot of these feelings, like a lot of women who are experiencing jealousy and insecurity, like it's very feels very compulsive, but it's a choice. And it's a sign that like you're not good with yourself and you have a lot of negative self-talk, negative self-image, and you have to constantly work on that and constantly find ways to tell yourself like you are beautiful to yourself. You're beautiful. I love you. Thank you for all your hard work in life and you know, yeah. My name is Simone. I'm 28 years old. My member number is 190. Thanks for eavesdropping. Eavesdrop, produced by Die Happy Tonight, a New York City-based nightlife design company and the creators of Rosewood. Meet the women in this podcast at our private events in New York City and throughout the world by joining our email list at www.diehappytonight.com.